KYW News Radio Original Podcasts. It's just a good conversation with somebody that you didn't know you were interested in. I'm Matt Leon, and this is One on One. I had to take it step by step after the injury. I had to slow my pace down. And I think now that you mention it, looking back and everything, I think that was a benefit. I think it really benefited me getting back to the basics, not taking things for granted and working for them. I truly think, yeah, stepping back and going backwards a little bit to move forward was a big asset. And our guest this week is Cindy Bevilacqua. She is the president and head coach at Middletown Archery, an incredible resume in the world of archery. Cindy, thanks so much for coming in. Thanks for having me. So to start, talk to me about Middletown Archery. How'd you get involved? What's it all about? Middletown Archery became involved with uh, my dad first. He was involved in archery as a hobby. And he was able to go out to places and do things and fix equipment and everything. People were asking him to fix and some of his friends to fix equipment. And then he decided to open up a business with my mom and everything back in 1962. And Middletown Archery evolved. It was and still is a family-owned business. And unfortunately, dad has passed away. But mom and I are still continuing it. So it's a female operation, too, and so forth. So what can... People get lessons. They can can they pick up gear? Like, is it a one stop shop? Absolutely. We have lessons available. We have different kind of atmospheres of lessons. You can come in one time to see if you like it, and you have a, um, a half hour private lesson, and that would be thirty five dollars, and that would include the instructor, the lane rental, the target, and equipment. So it's really nice to come in and not have to provide equipment. We provide it for you. It would be recurve equipment which they use in the Olympics, but, you know, very basic equipment. And then we also offer a series of lessons or one-hour lessons, and we can go from the basic beginner lesson all the way up to competitive, to be internationally competitive. We have coaches qualified to do everything and so forth. And then we have a pro shop there that we sell equipment, and we sell compounds and recurves, and um, we also sell the crossbows and traditional trad bows and so forth. So it's one-stop shopping. And we are a service center for most companies also and warranty centers. So this has been a part of your family for decades and a part of your life, probably, I would imagine, as long as you can remember. What is your first memory of archery? I started shooting when I was about five years old. I remember going with my father to a place called Pendell Archers in Boothwin near Booth's Corner. And they had this course. It's kind of like woven in the woods. It's called a field course. And me and dad went out and we shot. Of course, I'm up very close and he's taken his long distance shoots. And it just was something fun and everything. And then we built our house on my grandparents' farm, which is right across the street from Middletown Archery, or Pencrest High School, excuse me, which is where I grew up at. And when we built the house, dad built the basement higher than normal so we could shoot in it and so forth. So I get about 15 yards and that's where I started practicing. And then I finally took my show on the road about 10, and I um, won my first tournament. And it was really cool getting a trophy, and I thought this was really neat. And something that was my hobby now became my lifelong career and so many highlights along the way. Distill archery down to its basics. If you were explaining it to someone who had no concept of the sport, why is it special? What are you trying to do? Archery is a lifelong sport. I mean, anyone can do it at any age. 
And any ability can do it. If you are unfortunately handicapped in any way, you can do it. I've had a youngster that did not have his, unfortunately, his hand. And we took him all the way and he became an international sensation and so forth with um, competing with our para teams going nationally and internationally. And it can be true recreational. It can be a family coming out to enjoy an afternoon. And you come into the shop and we welcome you like family. If you don't know anything about it, we start with the basics. We start, you know, getting your equipment and seeing what your eye dominancy is and giving you the proper techniques and procedure to be safe. And then we just start from the ground up in your stance and work your way into bringing the target up closer so you'll always succeed. And then we just challenge you, if you keep coming back for lessons, we challenge you according to your own skill levels and so forth. So just coming out, it's just a fun outing and everything. We try to make it fun. We want to instill basically self-esteem and confidence and, and being proud of what you're doing, doing something that most people wouldn't think as a sport, um, like baseball or football or something like that. It's an unusual sport. Um, we have inside and outside, so we can accommodate, you know, a lot of different avenues for people, too. So you said, I think you were 10 when you won your first trophy. That's right. Way back when. <laughs> what was it that you loved about it? I mean, it's obviously a family connection, but when you're shooting, like, what what is it that you loved about it then? And are the same things you loved about it then what you love now? I love the friendship in it. Going into my first competition, of course, I didn't meet anybody. But then you keep going into different tournaments, and they were all local and close by. I got to see the same people. We shoot at least, you know, three to four people on a target bail. So you get to meet your target mates and get to learn about them. And I just established a lot of different friendships and sociability along the way. Eventually, as I continued in it, I got to travel to other areas in our country in different states, and you got to see what was surrounding it. I think the biggest draw was the family-like atmosphere that all archery has, no matter where I went, if it was locally or it was a different state, it was California, Arizona, I always found friendship or friendly people within the sport, always willing to help you. If you had equipment going bad or something didn't come on a plane, everyone's willing to pitch in and help you, your competitors. And, you know, some sports you don't always see that and so forth. Oh, well, better luck next time and so forth. What keeps drawing me back is the giving back now. I want people to experience success and self-esteem in the world we have today. It's hard to get motivated sometimes to do things. And I think my area of expertise has always been the mental aspect. I love, you know, being the positive person that influenced their life and being a role model to keep that influence and keeping them, you know, staying straight and strong in the area of, you know, self-esteem and stuff. At the elite level, is archery all about hitting the target? And I, I don't mean this like in a funny way, but it's yeah. like you compete <laughs> at a high level is it simply, all right, you're at whatever the distance is, you're trying to hit a bullseye? Like, yeah. is it that simple or is there more that you're looking to accomplish? When we're at a competition's high level, if it's the Pan Am Games, the Olympics, it's World Championships, the World Cup Series or anything, yes, we're wanting to hit that medal every single time. And within the medal of the target, we have two distinctions, actually possibly three. You have an X ring, which counts as a 10, um, and that helps break the ties. And then we have an inner circle within the yellow of our medal of the target, which is a 10, and then we have nine. 
and we want to strive to hit the middle of the target every time, preferably the X and 10, so we can accumulate the highest quality of points because we get points for each area we hit in the target. And yes, that's the biggest thing. But along with striving to do that, you have to have your game on. You have to have your equipment tuned. You have to have your your mindset basically tuned, you know, and mindset is strong. And learn how to deal with any kind of distractions along the way or any delays. And then, again, you have to be, you know, physically, mentally endurance and so forth along the way and have your technique down to a science. It's like a like a habit. To that point, if you're going to compete at the elite level, if it's going to go beyond recreational, what are kind of the, if you were to build the perfect archer, what's the skill set that you absolutely have to have to be high level? You have to have the the steps of the shooting process down. Basically, we have the 10 steps and it goes from the stance to knocking an arrow to, you know, how your fingers are placed on the bow and on the string in your hand and then drawing up to the target and pulling back to your anchor point, which is a location on your face that you want to be consistent every single time. Then we then start converting it into our back muscles and, and maintaining a holding of, you know, muscles within our back and so forth. And then our release and keeping still and our eye focus to the target with our aiming skills. And then, of course, then there's the follow through. Then we kind of have a, a little step in there to, you know, evaluate and to see, do we change anything or are we happy with things? But that's just quick and easy and, get, and move forward. But the technique has to be solid. It has to be re- repetitive and repeatable every single time. And then along the way, you start building your mental game and being strong and, and positive. And we have glitches along the way and no one's perfect. And, you know, you have these downsides, but you try to ask them to go back to their basics or back to the beginning you know, what is going to work for them. Because they try to actually try to do better than what they did. We always say bring practice to the competition to the target. It's always the same shooting line, just in a different place. How far is the distance usually? Is there a uniform? Well, there's a uniform depending on your age category and also the discipline of the bow that you shoot. Recurve, the kids can shoot as close as 25 meters all the way out to 70 meters, depending on your age. And it's broken down by age category. Male and female genders do not compete together for the most part and so forth. It's an individual sport. But what's really cool about this sport is you compete as teams also. And we just lately got into what's called mixed teams. So a male and a female can shoot together and score. The longest distance in competition is 70 meters, which is, if you think about a football field, think of 75 yards, and then we just go a little bit more to 77 yards. And the center of that target, in reference to, for your audience here, or our audience here, is the size of a grapefruit, possibly, you know, when you're looking for it that far away. And compound archers, they get to use a magnifying device on their site. Like a scope? scope. And a rear scope um, which or a real peep which is like a rear aiming device they get to have that and they get to be able to compete at 50 meters but their targets is a tad bit smaller than ours as a recurve archer recurve archers shoot just a regular bow with a regular sight no magnification and just pulling back the difference between a recurve and the compound is a recurve as you pull back it's stronger and harder it stacks up more and depending on what the limb capability is, what you have purchased. 
And then a compound is you pull halfway back and you get that, you know, high level of the poundage and then it drops off. So a compound can go anywhere between 75 and 90 percent let off. So do the math. If you're pulling 50 pounds, you know, over, you know, 70 percent let off is, you know, not holding much at all. So it's a little bit easier and more defined. Compound bow is a faster speed bow, too. And everything to cut through the wind than you know the recurve bow. Do you think people appreciate the difficulty of trying to hit a target the size of a grapefruit from seventy-seven yards? It's one thing I think to have the numbers and have it written down, but when you visualize that, that's an in- insane ability. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> especially when you put all the elements into it. You know, you got your wind, you got your rain, or you got your heat and extreme heat, or your sun, and when you know, we start in the morning and the sun's, you know, at one location and rotates around. So we got the sun constantly rotating around. I think most people get the idea of it. I hear people when I'm coaching, especially, you know, people out at those distances, you know, 50 meters on to 60, 70. Um, it's like, wow, I can't believe they can hit the bullseye there. Where I think it changes a little bit when that target gets closer. Oh, I can do it. No big deal. But when you put a bow in the hand, it's like, oh, this is harder than it looks, you know, and so forth. So I had this little adventure with the parents and everything that we um, do a parent archer tournament um, at the end of our junior programs, which is seasonal indoors and outdoors. And they give them, I give them a month for the kids to get their parents, you know, ready for it. And he's like, okay, some do come and practice. Some just pick the bow for the first time. And they think it's easier said than done until they actually get that bow in their hand. But the program I was referring to is a youth program which is governed by our USA Archery National Body, JOAD, Junior Olympic Archery Development Program. And that can be, like I said, true recreational or competitive. And it's a fun way to get involved, you know, and so forth for the youngsters. I'm sure every person is different, but what is the biggest hurdle that somebody has to overcome? Like, are there just very common mistakes when people are starting that they have to get over just from a physical standpoint that this is going to happen or you can't do this? Or, you know, what are, are some common problems that most people have when they start? Some people think they can shoot a heavier bow than they, they should be. And that's when our form breaks down. And I hear a lot of people say, oh, I shot Archie, but I hit my arm all the time. I kind of you know, smile at him and said, yep, been there, done that with a lot of archers and heard that. But I said, if you get the proper technique down and, you know, understand it, it won't happen. So I feel people think they can shoot a heavier bow than what they should be in the beginning. And even a 20 pound bow for some people is very heavy, you know, because it's stacking up and pulling back. Other common problems, they're always down on themselves. They think they should be doing better than what they should. And they want to hit the bullseye, you know, right off the bat every single time when they're just beginning. And we just have to, you know, reel him in a little bit and and just say, you know, one step at a time and we can do this. Let's set realistic goals rather than real long-term goals and so forth. So you win the first competition when you're 10. Win along the way, and it's a little different for you because the family connection and, and all, but was there a moment growing up when you realized that you were going to be able to take archery further than most and not just beyond the well, I could work with my parents and stuff like that. Like, I seem to be really good at this and this could, did, was that even at 10 years old? Were you kind of like, wow, this is cool and maybe I could do more more of this? Or was it later on when you were like, okay, we can push this? My my life 
and career of archery kind of just evolved on its own. I wasn't out looking for it, wasn't seeking for it or anything. I, you know, was, you know, known for my archery around the area, especially I went to Pankhurst High School, I was known for archery in my area. Of course, they didn't have a team or anything, but I was recognized as the archery girl, you know, and so forth. And I was able to get some scholarships and help go into college with archery because at the time it was a varsity sport when I graduated. I eventually went to Arizona State my first year and did really well out there. And then I transferred to James Madison for my sophomore through senior year. And there I became, you know, got my degree in phys ed and health with a minor in coaching and athletic training. So I just thought my avenue was being a physical educator and health and so forth and didn't even think about you know, archery was part-time career, you know, like coaching part-time here after work or something like that. When I graduated college, I took over our junior team, the Joad team, and in 84, and the kids I was coaching started making national and international teams, junior national teams and so forth. And they actually came looking at me, asking me if I'd be interested in, you know, getting another higher certification and traveling or being part of the camps, training these kids and these young adults. And I said yes. And it evolved and I got my level three coaching certificate and was an assistant coach for our junior teams going abroad. And eventually became, in 96, I became an international coach, which then opened a lot of doors for me and new horizons. And it solved a mean because... When I had my children, we decided that I would be, you know, staying home with them, raising them and helping them um, because basically daycare was too expensive and my paycheck would be going to daycare. So we did that. And I was fortunate to have the background of archery that I could coach later on. And after a while, it just evolved and we got a new head coach and he liked what I was doing. And we moved up step by step on a ladder one rang at a time. And I never went looking for it, but it just evolved, and I've been blessed with it ever since. You mentioned the levels. Kind of can you, for people that aren't familiar, kind of explain like how it works and what each level kind of unlocks, what you can do? A level one archery instructor is basically your camp counselor archer, and it gives you the very basics of how to set up a target range or field, hand out equipment, um, how to you know give them their first lesson, and the background safety and so forth and different rules and procedures. So it's basically, like I said, your camp counselor. When you get into level two, it's more like your seasoned um, local teams and so forth, wanting to you know inspire a junior team or something, Joad team. And you want to get just a little bit more into just a camp counselor and you learn different processes of the steps and learn how to teach those processes. You break it down further and further. Level three, we declare as becoming a coach. And you get more aspects of training into it, deeper into your mental game, deeper into nutrition, and your aspects of learning to do training plans, long-term training plans for your athletes or your team and so forth. Level four is more intense, even higher. And you... Again, do periodic training charts and so forth. Get deeper into the mental game. You have the opportunity to travel more internationally and so forth. And it's more involved in becoming a personal coach, I guess. Level three, you can be a personal coach too. 
don't get me wrong, level two you can, but it's more the commitment onto a certain team or a college team. And this, so forth. You're not, we're talking real level four, like elite. Yes, elite. And we have a level five and I would be qualified to, you know, try to be cleared a level five. I just have to go through a practicum exercise with it, with our head coach and so forth. But just never had the, not the time, but, you know, I figured, you know, the desire because I accomplished, I'm traveling with the teams and everything already. So it's not much difference. We need to take a break. We will have more with Middletown Archery, Cindy Bevilacqua right after this. This is one-on-one. And we are back on one-on-one, continuing our conversation with Cindy Bevilacqua, the head coach and president of Middletown Archery. So your college career as an archer, it's the early 80s, and I'm curious, women sports have come incredible lengths in the last couple of decades. What was it like? How were you received in the early 80s? As a woman archer, did you get a lot of people back then or like you do what now? Did you have to explain yourself or, or what What was it? How was it received? It was received of how cool a sport is that. I had never heard of it before and so forth. And the interaction I had is I like to try that one day and so forth. And I was like, well, you can start anytime. But I was in an atmosphere where other women did shoot. So, you know, I was pretty well accepted. When I went outside the archery world, it was, well, that's different or that's unique or how do I get involved in it? Um, not too many people knew about archery. And sometimes today, not too many people knew about archery except, oh, yeah, I did it at camp or something. And they don't know the whole world of what can happen with archery and where you can go or do. And there's a lot of science behind archery. Technology has helped us out tremendously, but you could be part of that also in that realm of science world. Oh, science and math. I mean, you're talking angles, you're talking... The physics, everything of it, and so forth. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What are some of your favorite memories as a competitor? When you think of your days as a college competitive archer, what are a handful of the favorite memories? One of the biggest memories is when I was in Arizona State, I was able to be on their national team to go to collegiate nationals. And the women's team won the title of national championship. And, and it, Arizona was our powerhouse team. Arizona State was the powerhouse team to beat in college that, those years. Then I transferred to James Madison University. And I think one of the biggest ones in the beginning of my career of archery with, with everything was winning the national championship for JMU for the very first time. The women's team brought home the very first national championship for that school. And it was really cool because years prior, we had the first male archer, Bob Ryder, from down in Virginia, bring home the very first individual championship for the school of JMU. So the archery team had its legacy there and so forth. And I think that was one of the coolest moments ever. There in the beginning. And then as we go through more and more, I think in 84, I was then shooting really well, pretty much on the top of my game as much, getting ready to try out for the Olympics again in 84. And when I graduated James Madison, I was bestowed athlete of the year for females. And I was like, Oh my gosh, out of all the other sports, you have soccer and lacrosse and you have all the major ones that everyone knows. And then little old me here wins it for archery. 
And my counterpartner was a football, the male, he was um, a male football player who won it. That was Gary Clark. And it was just really cool. And that just enlightened me that much more, you know, like, wow, this is really something cool. And to context, that's the Gary Clark that went on the star for Washington, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So him and I were our representatives for that year. And I felt like he was the big leagues and I'm just kind of, you know, joining him now and so forth. So it was like, who? And everybody knew Gary Clark, you know, from school and everything. And they, they started recognizing eventually who I was and so forth. Moving on, some other highlights. My first induction into a Hall of Fame was at James Madison University, which was a prestigious one. Then I got to share that with my you know family, with my dad. And I guess that was my, unfortunately, last final award that I received with my dad present. So it's bittersweet because he took ill and, you know, was no longer able to be with us anymore. But moving forward, some other highlights were getting to travel internationally with our team. But then the major highlight became the Olympic years. And um, as much as I traveled and so forth, and had to be gone from my family so much, especially during the summertime. I had the support of my husband and then my mom and other friends and family around me to let me travel. I got to go to the Olympics in 2012. It was a part of my bucket list. I always wanted to go to the Olympics, but I thought I was going as a shooter. I did not think I was going. Um, my title was team leader. And then I did get to assist with the archers, you know, helping them coach and get prepared for the games over there. But, you know, being gone for, you know, months and months at a time, sometimes getting ready for this and preparing for this and then getting over there to London, that was probably my highlight. And the highlight of the games was I was turning 50 over there. So that was that was my birthday present. I, I turned 50 at the opening ceremonies over there a day before opening ceremony. So it was kind of cool. How close did you come as a shooter to making an Olympic team? I was seventh in the highest ranking that I did um, over the years trying out for the team. And we take the top three in our sport. We take top three male and top three female. And you have to qualify at our world championships to earn spots to get these you know, qualifications. So the years I was competing, we did have you know top three archers going. So and that that was pretty prestigious. I was seventh. Were you satisfied with that? I mean, the competitor, you, obviously you want to go, but was it frustrating at all? Or, or were you kind of at peace with with? In the that? beginning, I, I'll admit, I was disappointed. I, you know, didn't get hired and didn't make the team and everything. But as you look back over your journey and everything, I was satisfied. Um, I accomplished a lot. I came a long way. And I was able to succeed. Back in the early 80s, I had a tremendous water skiing accident that pretty much messed up my whole right arm. And doctors and so forth said I'd probably never shoot again or have range of motion. And I just said, no, that's not in the vocabulary. And I think after that accident and striving so hard to become what I had become, and that was during my early years of college, looking back, I am satisfied. I, I did I've gone so far and I've come a long way and I don't think any more training or anything. It's just, you know, those archers were just a little bit better at me that day. It could have been anybody really. And the, the accident with, and the arm, was it a break? Was it nerves? Like what was the, as much as you feel comfortable I, talking um, about? I had a water skiing accident. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, the tow rope broke away from a boat and then came and wrapped around my arm. So I had a lot of rope burns and muscle damage and ligament damage. Um, nothing broken. 
but a lot of rehab to even get into. You're talking strength and strength yeah. and, and everything. A lot of muscles and tendons were damaged and I had to learn to reuse my arm again. And the doctors and so forth told me I'd probably never shoot again. And I was like, yeah, that's not in the vocabulary either. So I feel like there, when there's a will, there's a way. There's a lot of things that can be accomplished. And you have a dream or a goal in any sport or any aspect of life. I think your mental status of well-being guides you through all that. Having to come back from that and climb that mountain. And I asked this question not saying you didn't appreciate what you were able to do before. But did you find yourself as you're rehabbing, as you're getting strength back and all, that you had an even greater appreciation for what you got to do and the abilities you had and stuff like that? Absolutely. Yeah. Like the saying goes, you never look a gift horse in the mouth. I mean, you might have to work at it and strive for it. But I look back and I just, without family, without the team, without support and without like cheerleaders standing behind me, knowing that they say you can do this and, you know, a lot of hard work on a lot of people helping me get there, it paid off. Yeah. And I look back and I was like, I just can't believe that to this day, I still have range of motion. And I can pretty much do anything I feel like I can set my arm, you know, set my sights to and so forth. Do you remember the first time after the accident when you felt like you were back and what that felt like? I felt that I climbed a major mountain after that. I was able to shoot again. I started shooting very low weight equipment in the beginning. All I could think was, oh, my dad is going to like. Oh, I can't even think of what my dad's going to say, you know, transfer into a new school and everything for college. My dad actually separated my bow. It comes apart in pieces. And so for this takedown bow, he put it all over the place. He put it at my aunt's house, a piece of my friend's house, all over the place. So I wouldn't find it to start shooting earlier and so forth. So when I was able to get that bow back in my hand and build up to it and slowly but surely gain the respect of being back on the JMU team and everything and traveling with them, I felt like a ton of bricks came off my shoulder and, you know, I was, I was back again. So, and your athlete of the year, that comes after the yes, accident. It came after the accident. So that, as satisfying as it is under normal circumstances, I can only imagine after all that. Yeah. Yeah. It was so amazing. And looking back at that, what I had to endure, I wouldn't want to do it again, but I would if I had to. But at the time, you just do to do, I think. You just go through and you get it done. And some of it is a bleep memory. I don't remember how much pain sometimes was in it and everything. It's just the satisfaction of being able to accomplish little by little. And then finally, like I said, get back. Did it everything. make you a better archer? Because did you have to do things a little differently on the road back? And maybe a lot of it, maybe early in your career, I don't want to say came easy, but it had been something you'd done the whole time. Like, I would imagine you're almost kind of relearning how to do it. So did you have to, was there an approach that maybe even pushed you even higher because you had to adjust for the injury and things like that? I had to take it step by step after the injury. I had to slow my pace down. And I think now that you mentioned it, looking back and everything, I think that was a benefit. I think it really benefited me getting back to the basics and not taking things for granted and working for them and everything. Absolutely. We always tell the kids I coach and we always, other coaches out there, we always say, you know, go back to your basics when you can't figure out what you possibly need to improve on and so forth to be a better archer. And I truly think, yeah, stepping back and going back backwards a little bit to move forward 
was a big asset. Being so surrounded by the sport, not just competitor coaching, but it's been your family and all. Were you ever concerned of burnout? You were just constantly surrounded by it? Or are you able to first, or maybe you love it so much that you don't care, but do you need to extract yourself sometimes? And I'm not maybe talking now, but growing up, because one of the things you see with a lot of young athletes, they're playing, they're playing, they're playing, and then they kind of hit 1920 and they're tired of it. And because it's been all-encompassing, it's been all-encompassing you, like from the family business standpoint and from a competitor, were there ever moments where you were like, I don't know, I've had enough, or has it never had that problem? Absolutely. In high school, I thought I was missing out on things. I had to go practice. I had to do this, or I had to go for the weekend here, or you know, lose this, or I couldn't go to a football game and this and that or to a friend's party or something. So I did kind of quit archery for a minor aspect of it, realizing, you know, I'm, I want to do things in high school and be part of that atmosphere. And after a while, I was like, hmm, I'm missing my friends in archery. I'm missing my life and, you know, the travel and archery and seeing those friends. So it opened it. I did. I, I stepped out of the world of archery for a while. And I I realized I didn't want to step out anymore. So I think that's what allowed me not to have a major burnout in it. But I think it helped me strive to be where I'm at now or continuing to keep archery in my life. And I just like the atmosphere of being able to give back now and be a role model for young kids and adults even or seniors that are um, looking for something to do. You know, if they have to do rehab to build up a body strength or they need the social skills in their life. We went through a heck of a lot during COVID with some of our young, young people and even our adults. But to get back and being able to do a sport. And I was so fortunate that I was only shut down for about three months at the archery club at Middletown Archery because I was could bring everybody out outside. I could distance six feet apart. I, you know, I knew how to clean the equipment and keep everyone safe. And it was a lot of work on all of our parts because we had to do a lot of scheduling and jumping through hoops for the CDC and everything guidelines, but we made it work. And I just got so much appreciation when families and friends came back and said, this is what we needed. This is what we missed. More satisfying for you winning a competition as a competitor, hitting the bullseye, hitting that great shot, or having a kid or a competitor that you've coached have success like that, does it hit the same or is it different and which one hits better? I think it hits the same, but in different, you think I'm going to contradict myself, but in different avenues. I started competing a little bit again, you know, as a master and so forth. And I enjoyed it. And I ended up in different avenues there where I could continue competing in different series, you, you know, you have eliminations or your average scores. And I was able to qualify still to be continue on in, sh- in the competitions. And that's a good feeling because I feel like, oh, what I'm doing and giving back to my archers and so forth, I'm on the right path. You know, I'm doing the things right for them. But when an archer succeeds, anybody young, old, just coming off of a disability or they broke their arm or anything, And they succeed or the kid that shoots the first time and hits a bullseye, the smile and the energy from their smile and and everything is all I need. It's just, that's my reward. That's my reward. You know, they come up and give me a high five or they come up and give me a hug. 
that's what keeps bringing me back and making me go forward. You know, I get teased. When am I going to retire? I have no idea when I'm going to retire yet. But it's those kind of rewards just keep me grounded and keep me wanting to give back and keep doing it. And I mean, I guess someday I have to retire or cut back a tad bit and let the younger generation, you know, follow my footsteps and so forth. But it's just grand that you have that that child or that adult that appreciates what you're doing in different ways. From the outside, there is a certain level, I think, of badassness oh, yeah. in archery <laughs> in the idea that, oh, yeah, that's funny. I can hit that grapefruit from 80 yards with an arrow. How about you? Like, that is an extraordinary skill. Like, that almost overflows with self-confidence and the ability to do that. Do you feel that? Because it seems I would... I might be insufferable if I was able to do that. <laughs> yeah, I, I do. I do feel that and everything. And I just smile. I was like, you want to watch me do it, you know, or something like that. I, I still always have that competitive edge. But, I mean, there's smack talk in it. And there's, you know, trying to get in other people's heads and so forth. And you have to know when and where to eliminate that in one ear and out the other. But if you accomplish, a you know, a silly task like that or, you know, I challenge you to this. It's kind of, it is self-rewarding. Yeah, I won't put it. It is. I still have that competitive edge in me. Uh, we were talking before. I know you've got some things going on. Uh, you wanted to talk about what people know as far as at Middletown Archery. What's happening? Well, Middletown Archery, we have a lot of different things going on. We have open shooting. Um, if you just want to come in and, and see what it's all about, we welcome anybody. Um, our hours in the evening, so it accommodates a lot of people with work and school, you know, age kids. I know they're getting out of school for the summer, but we're open from four to eight every evening and Saturdays, 10 to four. And it's best to contact us by our email address, middletown.archery.club at gmail.com to get on our, you know, lesson schedule and so forth, or go to our website, middletownarchery.com. And we just um, started a 3D Thursday, 3D Thursday night. And that means there is lifelike um, foam targets and a lower portion of our field for anybody who wants to do it. It's more for your um, hunters, getting them ready for the season. But we also have competitions on that end of it, ASA and IBO and so forth. So we're opening our doors to a new avenue for other archers to come out, other disciplines. We have an indoor range, which has seven lanes. And we have an outdoor lanes that has about 16 plus lanes. And we are a USA Archery certified field, so you can have competitions. And we are hosting our state competition August 12th there. And anyone is welcome to come out. It's free to the public to come and watch and see what we're all about. But what's really coming up um, that I like to promote is our national championships. It's going to be held in Malvern, Pennsylvania at the Greater Chester Valley Sports Association on Lime Road. August 30th through September 3rd. And you will have the best of the best of all the archers pretty much in the, the discipline of target shooting. And what's really going to be cool is that's our first leg of our Olympic trials. So on September 3rd, the field narrows down to the top eight archers, the top recurve archers, male and female. And that's who compete in the Olympics. So we'll have that start of their journey into 2024 in Paris. And I just had a question jump in my head that is completely off the beaten track. But I, as someone passionate about the sport, I think the main way past like Olympic competition that people have been exposed to archery is through comic books with characters like Hawkeye and Green Arrow. Good thing? 
bad thing? Does it make it look too easy? Does it not have a proper appreciation? Like it, it's very you know mainstream from the comic book standpoint with those two heroes. As someone who's done the work, do, do you like the fact that it's depicted like that? Does it make it look too cartoonish? How do you kind of take it? I like it. We just partnered with Marvel with USA Archery to promote archery and so forth and try archery for the first time. Try, you know, the sport of archery. And I like the books that have been out there um, that have enlightened it. Um, We had a huge upswing when Hunger Games came out. That was a year, an Olympic year. And it also was the year that Brave came out for the younger kids and so forth. So it was huge aspect of promoting us. And I think any kind of positive promotion either come from TV ads, commercials with that, um, books, movies, I think can do a world of good. You know, Gina Davis, the actor, you know, competed and tried out for the Olympics and so forth. And she did a world of good for us. There's athletic sports people, you know, your football players and so forth, or hunters or, you know, baseball players and stuff like that. They promote it just as much. I think any way we can get the word out that archery is a cool sport and a lifetime sport for anybody who can start at any age is a big plus. Cindy Bevilacqua, thanks so much for coming in. Thanks for having me. It's been a great honor. And that will do it for this week's episode. I want to thank Cindy Bevilacqua, head coach and president of Middletown Archery in Media, Pennsylvania, for being our guest this week. Now, if you like the show and listen on Apple Podcasts, do us a favor and leave us a rating and a review. You can follow the show on Twitter at one on one pod. You can follow me on Twitter as well at Matt Leon1060. Thanks so much for listening and be sure to check us out again next time when we bring you another conversation with someone you should know more about. <laughs>